Hey Sandra. Hey Sam. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome to this week's crossover episode with Puchica Voz Podcast and Las Basureras with La Gata Salvaje. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yes. 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 Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, so I'm really excited to have this episode with you. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad that we're here. Yeah. Ooh. This is an actual <laughs> physical like present. We're all here. We're all recording this live. <laughs> well, like not live for y'all, but like, <laughs> yeah, like, like for us. The, the recording is live. Like we're all IRL. We're all here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Las Basureras is pretty new. Uh, it's a queer feminist podcast exclusively on SoundCloud. <laughs> Hosted by... <laughs> okay, exclusive. <laughs> uh, hosted by me, La Gata Salvaje. And um, I have co-hosts where we talk about uh, current events and issues that impact vulnerable and resilient voices the most. Um, Las Basureras, at, our, at the podcast, we are at the at the pod y'all call it the pod sorry at the pod (laughs) it sounds like some hipster place (laughs) see you at the pod I mean right okay but it's not hipster it's not bougie Um, Las Basureras aims listeners to reflect think critically and challenge normative constructions so we really focus uh, POC femme mujeres uh, in the podcast Um, but I also want to encourage folks to check out gatasalvajemerch.com uh, for your Men Are Trash merch, your Femme Labor's Not Free, shirts, totes, bags, stickers, buttons, and so much more. So, go check it out. Ooh, that yes. was like the plug of the century. Plug, 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 plug. plug. No, That's but it's great true. plug. These shirts are really amazing. They are really, <laughs> I mean, they are always causing some sort of conversation. Yo. Everywhere you go, literally. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I g- even just gave the hypothetical of wearing a shirt like this mm-hmm. and that was already enough <laughs> like I didn't even, even need to bring in like an actual shirt I was just like my friend has shirts that say just men are trash yeah. and I just say this to my male friends and they're like and I'm like would you wear a shirt that says men are trash yeah. and, then, <laughs> and they're like no <laughs> and I'm like so you're trash. Yeah, pretty much. Ah, pretty much. Like, got him. Got how to him. find out if a man is trash. trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm, dead. Hey, I'm dead. If you become a standard, though, I mean, get that, that's unique. good to be attached to you, that. You know, because yeah. I Googled, like, men are trash shirts, mm-hmm. and there's some really terrible shirts out there like they're really bad and they're way more expensive and i'm just like okay or you can go with my shirts that are better better designed and you know cheaper so you know yeah um but yeah can you all also talk about your uh, podcast too yeah so puchica voz is a central american podcast uh started by sandra and i And so we mostly try to talk about Central American issues and 
queer issues and different things that pertain to our identities more than anything and our interests and so things are, are related to immigration you know queer things like i said and we try to are well we're trying to bring in more i don't know diverse I don't like that word. No, it's just it's the first word <laughs> that comes to mind. Problematically. No, yeah. <laughs> it's true. No, because it's like oh that's the word that comes out, and I'm like, I gotta deconstruct why yep. that word is coming out that's all right. the time. That's right. So, that's um, right. but we're trying to bring in more guests and more yeah. crossover episodes and more amazing people like Gata yeah. Salvaje yeah. and Las Basureras. So, yeah. Do you want? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess the way that I also think about the podcast is it's an opportunity for us to just like learn is an opportunity for us to think about ourselves in different ways that we don't necessarily devote the time to and this is like the avenue for that and just like meeting new people and making new friends I think that's like been the nice outcome of like starting this show and that's like the part that we want to keep like yeah. let's invest more time and, and money into that specifically yeah so that's kind of the part of the podcast that we're really excited about but oh we're always i don't know i think we're fresh and innovative i think we like to do any type of episode that we just want to fucking do yeah that's it yes uh yeah so how's y'all's week how are y'all doing uh, it's my birthday week and it's been good and the, my birthday week happening is gonna end and then my new job is gonna start on Monday so I got a new job and I really hope I'm not repeating this again uh, on this show but I'm really excited that I'm starting something new and I've had a long week and I've eaten a lot of food and I have a stomach ache <laughs> but I'm excited to be here and yeah, I'm having a really, really, really good week because I'm, yeah, it's just gonna end and then something new's gonna start. Nice. Oh, so. Yeah, my week has been going pretty good too. Um, it's just really the bigger things happening are um, I was able to land two events for Gata Sabahi merch to vend at. So I'm gonna be vending at, in Pomona at a Zine Fest uh, October 21st. For more information, please check out Las Basureras on Instagram. I have all the details there. So I'll be there, and just today, uh, Cal State Long Beach, uh, they're having um, a Dia de los Muertos event, and they asked me to vend, and I was like, sure, yeah, I'm down. Um, so I'll be out there, um, I believe November 8th. I'll be there, there out there November 8th in the evening. Yes, I'm nice. excited. That's hella exciting. That yes. is really exciting. Yes. Uh, my week has been good. I've been at work. I got to do something really dope yesterday in terms of work. I got to go interpret an asylum interview in Anaheim at the Los Angeles Asylum Office. So that was really interesting, but um, it's kind of daunting. It's right next to Disneyland. So, like, you're seeing all these families go to Disneyland and, like, spend their day. You know, some of these people are probably traveling here. They're not from Southern California. It's hard to maneuver through them with your car. (laughs) And uh, we had to, like, go to this interview and so that was a really intense experience but it was cool to go to Anaheim you know be out of LA be out of the office space for a bit and to do that and yeah so I don't know it feels good it felt good to do that I was really happy with how it went down and the experience so yeah that's how my week's been dope 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 cool so I think um, we should just jump into the episode. Um, so this episode, really, we're talking about some important propositions. 
uh, that we want to vote for and that we want to kind of share with everybody else uh, why it's important to vote for those and of course everything else but just a little bit of insight so real quick to register to vote if you have not registered to vote you do have time uh, the deadline for California is October 22nd 2018 and you can easily register to vote online um, just go to vote.gov it's really that simple vote like you're voting gov um, and then you'll click there which state you're at it'll say what link it'll get you there um, and then you can easily register to vote so we're gonna be talking about prop 2 prop 6 prop 8 and prop 10 um, so they all kind of it's it's a range of, of different things but also very similar in the sense of a lot of money is being put into a lot of these campaigns and as we typically know, like how it typically goes down is people who make a lot of money, invest a lot of money, are able to get their messaging better across. And it, it sucks when that happens. So that's why it's really important to have these conversations, right? I wanted, no, so I, I wanted to also reiterate that we, we have an audience that is not only in California. So all of these propositions, if you're not living in California, they're not going to apply to you because you have your own fucking shit to vote for. You also have county shit to vote for and city shit to vote for. So this isn't just a general election for hella people. This is a midterm election. You can be voting for new senators and Congress people as well. So like people should be mindful of like everything that they need to be voting for. And if you are interested, obviously register to vote if you have not already. And so in some states it's already passed. And that sucks. Like it, it sucks that you have to register to vote. But regardless, like there are, that you have to be mindful of where you are. And yeah, yeah. if you've recently moved, you have yeah. to register. That's, yeah. enough, that's, what, Sam <laughs> that's, that's what I just did. <laughs> that's what Sam just did. Um, yeah, like no matter where you at, you're at. Like definitely, you know, there are voter guides that different orgs have. Yeah. That are put out there, so you can at least kind of find out a little bit of information and point you the right way yes i just remembered what i was gonna say so voting is a privilege so oh, yes. yeah that is that is uh, true that is very true so if you are able to vote or to register to vote please do so um there are mail-in ballots also which are very helpful if you are a busy person or you're not able to go to a polling place um just do it yeah <laughs> please please if you yeah if you want to do it please do it if it's something that you're interested in even just trying out that's something good to do too mm. um, yeah it's just always good to know a little bit about what's happening to you locally that's also why we are engaging with California propositions we live in California so I mean if we're gonna fucking talk to tell people to talk about propositions and their laws like that's why we're talking about our own because that's yeah. what we're trying to do yeah. so yeah and yeah, we can we can start talking about the propositions. Let's, let's do it. Let's dive in. You're prop okay. two. I am doing proposition two. So this is about affordable housing and mental health services. So proposition two is a bit different from other propositions in the sense that it's more of like a bond measure, or has to do with bonds. So uh, it's a proposition to use the millionaire's tax from proposition sixty three from two thousand four which is the Mental Health Services Act. This is essentially the millionaire's tax, so it's a 1% tax on incomes that are more than a million dollars annually to be used for mental health services. 
And so Proposition 2, the one that's on the ballot in November, it wants to allocate some of that money to create homeless prevention housing or affordable housing for people in need of mental health services. So the people who are uh, for this or on the Yes for Two campaign are have donated $3.4 million to the campaign. So of these people or these coalitions more than anything, it's Affordable Housing Now, California Homeless and Housing Coalition Action Fund, and A Home for Everyone. So those are the three committees that donated the most. And then the Chan Zuckerberg Advocacy Group donated $250,000 as well. So that's Mark Zuckerberg and his wife. I'm trying to fucking yeah. feel some white <laughs> guilt. <laughs> yeah, so. But I'm like, why is it 250 k Yeah, exactly. You have like, so much money. Of course. So this information came from Validpedia, which like is the most easy, accessible way to get a lot of your information. And so I couldn't find anything really for funders on the No For Two campaign, which is really interesting because it's really... I think it's it's hard to take a stance against it. Um, I'm going to talk a bit more about the, the context to Prop 2 and how it relates to Prop 63, but the, as of right now, I have not found any information on a like really intense campaign where there's like a whole contribution to a no on two. So the, the context to this um, is that in 2004, the Mental Health Services Act passed, and since then, that millionaire tax has been applied, and the money that is collected in this like huge pot of money is distributed to counties which are given three to ten years to decide how they want to spend their money or how do they want to allocate their money and so um the oversight for the the fund comes from the department of Healthcare services but they lack a mechanism of getting unused funding from counties back to that pot of money from the fund overall and so some counties just sit with that money for the ten years and they don't use it as it should be used. And so other counties that have higher needs or higher rates or whatever it may be, don't get the money that they need to. And so given California's housing crisis and the whole context around that, some communities struggle that struggle with mental illness face difficulty owning or renting or obtaining housing. Yeah. So that alone is enough to like keep them from like obtaining housing. But given the context of like how many people are looking for housing, how many people are yeah. moving here, it's so much harder. It's already really difficult. Yeah. And so the, the the whole pot of money fund currently doesn't designate any money towards housing. And all of the money is given to counties so they can pursue investing in the treatment or services that they see. So Prop 2 would designate $2 billion from that fund, that pot of money towards housing. So the opponents tend to argue that this money should not be touched and should just be given to counties because counties know the treatment that they need. They are of the mindset that treatment is the best cure to all of this, to mental illness, to homelessness, etc. Like we'd rather invest in the services and treatment than housing. And so I think you're overstepping your bounds to designate money to housing. That's what the opponents will say. Mm. And so the the people who are for it argue that, well, you know how hard it is to get treatment <laughs> you know how hard it is to get treatment when you're struggling to make rent yeah and so like it's, so it's really like, there's like a causing there is like a causation and a correlation yeah of things and it's also like there are plenty of counties that are really conservative and mm-hmm. like they would never build housing because they don't want to because then it's like why would i build like mental health services 
like in physical spaces in my city mm-hmm. so it's like there's also that aspect of like yeah you might these cities might like they're like oh like why would we want to even allocate housing yeah like we're yeah. just going to give it to services for like family therapy or some shit you know like yeah that's another thing they say that like communities will push back against like a facility being constructed near their homes and so they are like why not just give it towards the treatment side of things which we know the money is being used at least so rather than housing that's just going to face pushback. Yeah, and it's at places that are already in really segregated areas. And it's like, yeah. It's really yeah. interesting. It and is a really interesting it's, thing. It's, yeah, it's a whole conversation about it. And so, yeah, um, that's why I think it's really hard for there to be a like really prevalent and like contribution to a no of like, mm. no, I don't want housing for people. It's just people. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I'd rather get their treatment. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's really hard to like, put money on that and so i think that's why i found it so easy to find all of these things for the the proposition two and the allocation of money towards housing but you know i did find articles like op-ed pieces of them like you know the arguments against it and i'm like you know what y'all are playing advocate a uh, devil's advocate just to like cover up the fact that y'all are trash yeah just straight up trash always trash so. so much trash and not enough dumpsters. <laughs> <laughs> Next shirt idea. <laughs> we should vote on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> we need more dumpsters. <laughs> I mean, we really do though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's, thank you so much. Wait, what is? Sorry. Oh yes, my my vote is yes on Prop Two. That is my vote. To, or like my decision that is your vote. recommendation my recommendation and that is your that, vote. that is my vote <laughs> <laughs> just letting you know just letting you know I'm making you out claro <laughs> stop so I'm doing prop 6 and prop 6 is an attempt to repeal the gas tax and so giving you background on what the gas tax actually is so the real name of it is the road repair and accountability act of 2017 sexy as fuck it is also known as sb1 or senate bill one and it went into law so this is a law that already exists so the the proposition is to get rid of this law that i am going to explain right now and it was enacted in april 28 2017 and it increased the gas tax uh, on gasoline that you fucking pump like in your car by 0.12 cents per gallon and increase diesel fuel tax by 0.20 cents per gallon and it increased the sales tax on diesel fuels by an additional four percentage points it created a annual transportation improvement fee and created an annual zero emission vehicles fee so this is supposed to tax oh my god i can't even talk anymore so this tax is supposed to go directly towards infrastructure mass transit public transit also to fix like bridges roads fucking potholes hopefully you know all these (laughs) things that we hate about driving especially because we're in southern california we're in la a lot of our bridges and just a lot of our infrastructure is super out of date which is like not a really good thing to have especially in a state known for earthquakes and other things so the gas tax hadn't been hadn't been increased because we've had a gas tax before essentially this is an increase the last time that it was increased was during reagan's era so it's a tax that hadn't been increased in a really long time and also how much was gas like then then, like less than a dollar you know so 
it's it's essentially just like meant to meet the needs of like today's standards and so the increased taxes went into effect on november 1st and then one fee went into effect in 2018 and there's going to be a second fee in 2020 and according to the senate appropriations committee of the state of california uh, sb1 is expected to generate an estimated 52.4 billion between 2017 and 2027 so this is gonna make hell of money for the state and we need a lot of money to fucking fix bridges and roads and all that type of shit that's like important and for new public transportation and all that all those sorts of really really big public investment problems that we shouldn't let deteriorate because that could lead to literal disaster there this is essentially an opposition to that and it has been very interesting in state politics uh there was actually a recall in orange county because of a certain state senator who voted yes and they were a democrat and because of that this like city got really or this district got really upset with that candidate and they recalled him because he voted on this gas tax so it's like very controversial in certain places especially in like more conservative areas because it's like well we hell have to drive everywhere so we're getting taxed and and but it's also like well, bitch, like, you don't have infrastructure. <laughs> and if you get infrastructure, you won't need to drive as much, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm someone that is very about, I, I'm heavily invested in, like, public infrastructure, mass transit. And it's, like, I think almost 90% of, of the counties in California have their bridges and roads up to date. And they're all in, like, extremely poor conditions and need maintenance or, like, need a completely new thing. And that's, like... So these are poor communities that are could literally die. Like if there is a big just situation, like a bridge can collapse. You know that can kill many people. You know, like there are so many areas that just need services and need to fucking fix their bridge. Like what the fuck? Like people won't have bridges. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So that's why I'm a big proponent of this because there is just such a huge state of disrepair, and the people who are mostly sponsoring this, for, yes, on six have been the California Republican Party. They put in about four million, and then people who are saying no on six have put in 31 million. So obviously the people who want this fucking tax to go through has been uh, a lot of uh, like labor unions and like construction unions because this is also a lot of like job opportunities for people who want to be in like the construction industry, like uh, traffic workers, all that type of stuff. and. Uh, just a lot of local transportation coalitions also support SB1 and Caltrans, you know, like basically big public entities yeah. that provide us services want this because they're like, we need hella money. Like, we, <laughs> we need money. And so that's why they put in a lot of cash. So I'm personally going to say no on this one. So voting no means that you will keep this tax. And also, it's just... We just need we just need more public transportation. Like, it's just it's really bad out here. And also, our roads are literally like in pedazos, especially if you're fucking at LA. Like, I ain't trying to be on those interchanges, and those shits are fucking falling apart. The fuck? That's already scary. Like, not about that shit. So I don't know. I don't know what y'all think, but that's my opinion. But yeah, I agree with you, Sandra. Like everything you're saying, I've heard other people mention before. You know, my partner works at a construction company in Corona, and you know, they're all also 
no on six, no on six. The tax that comes from that uh, is really beneficial, as you mentioned. And yeah, I think it's important to just keep it there. Yeah. Cool. No, yeah, I feel you because I'm just like, this is money that's going to go back to the community, that's going to go back to like literally make people's lives easier. And I feel like earlier when you were talking about how conservative communities or people who have to drive a lot feel like, no, well, we're getting taxed. It's like, well, you can't see into the future of it. You know, you can't like hope that you'll have better public transport and everything more accessible to you, that these long drives aren't going to be a thing for like your children necessarily just because like you paid this freaking tax right now. So, I don't know, I think it's really interesting, but I, I'm also of the mindset of, no, don't repeal this. Yeah. Because we need it. Yeah. Prop 8 is pretty much about dialysis clinics, uh, companies, and, like, patients, right? So, how it first came about was that there were a lot of patients and dialysis workers that said that there were poor conditions in the, the clinics. So typically, these are poor conditions, like, in Boyle Heights and, like, communities of color where there's a lot of, like, you know, working class folks. Um, so we, like, a lot of patients and uh, workers were kind of frustrated because why is it that these are really, like, bad quality uh, or bad conditions when the two biggest corporations that own, uh, that pretty much have a monopoly on the dialysis industry, David and Fresenius, they made $4 billion in profit last year. They made record-breaking profits. It just doesn't make sense. So here's what, from what I've heard, was that, okay, a typical hospital in California has like a 3 to 5% profit margin, right? The average profit margin for a DeVita clinic is about 17%, and for Fresenius, it's 19%. Wow. So it's more than five times the amount of a typical hospital. So keep in mind, these are for-profit uh, companies. They're not, not like, uh, Kaiser's considered a non-profit, technically. Um, so just keeping that in mind. So all that this prop does is it says, okay, you know, you can make, if whatever you make over 15% of your profit margin has to go back into investing into better conditions for the patients, uh, has to be reimbursed back to them or to their insurance companies. So... I mean, 15% is still a lot of money, mm -hmm. if you think about it. That's so, a lot of money. <laughs> right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so they're, like, spreading these lies, saying, like, oh, my God, it's going to, like, close clinics. Y tal y que se yo. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, how? Like, y'all are still making hella money. Um, yeah. So, and also, like, revenue spent on direct patient care services, uh, those aren't limited. So people think, oh, so what about, no, it's like that, so it's meant to incentivize, like, since there's a cap yeah. here, like, invest more in patient care. Uh, so the people who are uh, investing for Yes on 8 are SEIU UHW, their Healthcare Workers Union, and the Californians for Kidney Dialysis Patient Protection. So those are the people who are yes. Um, the people who are no are, of course, Davida Fresenius and the U.S. Renal Care. So they pretty much own like 90 something probably like a huge huge percentage of like all the dialysis clinics and just side note they've invested or they've raised a hundred million dollars for no on eight so this is the most that has ever been spent for any california proposition ballot in the wow. history of forever yes and that's wild and so for no on eight they've raised like 18 million so they're being outspent 
eight, nine times more, you know? Um, so no one ate. So pretty much it's really these like rich companies who are just saying like, no, the, the clinics are going to close and it just doesn't make any sense. Like they say that it's that they say because uh, so many dialysis corporations or, you know, clinics are going to close that people aren't going to have access to care. But again, it's really just putting on that cap, that 15% cap. Um, and I don't, I, I don't know who's overseeing it. That's the only thing that I don't know. I wasn't able to find out. Overseeing what? The the fifteen percent, like that, the reimbursements happen and everything. Um, that I so don't. So who know. is regulating them on yeah. their spending? I don't um, know. That I don't know. So I I I messed up there. I couldn't find it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't think you messed up. If no. it's not, a, it's not easily available. Yeah. Then it's like why? Yeah. <laughs> why is that a, not an easy curious. entity to point to? Yeah. 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 Because it is, shouldn't it like be in the language of the ballot of like yeah. th- this would be overseen by blah blah and the Treasury Department? Yeah, I don't fucking know. Like yeah, the t- uh, IRS, really California IRS. Like yeah, yeah. it's uh, but there is a big history of organizations. Not well, not even organizations. Just usually businesses uh, that want to cover their ass because they've done either something illegal. Or they and they don't want to pay for it, so essentially they want to change the law to make them either not become at fault, or basically it's like the, the biggest one I think was like Sherman Williams Paint, and they took their initiative off the ballot. But it was basically Sherman Williams was selling like lead paint, and they got caught by the fucking state of California, and they were like, "You need to pay whatever 20 billion to repair all these homes and like repaint them like because you literally sold us like knowingly like lead paint and then so sherman williams was trying to be hella shady and they basically created a ballot being like that the state will pay for all of the lead repair because of a certain regulation or a law that they were trying to like take away or put in and that that that's there's a big history with propositions where if you have enough money you can like get your proposition in there that's why the the state one to separate the state in three pieces that was on there because i think someone fucking paid some yeah some millionaire like basically paid and bought like signatures and shit because that's also another thing buying signatures and people who are supporters is generally like what will make a proposition like beyond the ballot so yeah it's pretty interesting this there are a lot the the ambulance one that's a different proposition i think it's prop uh 12 or 11 i that's a very similar one where like ambulance organizations they don't want to hire more workers because it's about like work break times and they're trying to make it seem like they're caring about their workers by being like no like they can have breaks they should have breaks when it's like well, they're emergency employees, like they're EMTs. Mm-hmm. Like, they shouldn't have work breaks because there should be enough people to cover like an area where like someone can go instead of someone else who's having lunch at the moment, right? So it's like I don't know. It's also about like liability and things like that. So there are a lot of businesses that do that, um, at least in California, and I'm assuming in many other states. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that one out there because that's something that I like have read about a lot, yeah. like learning about propositions. Yeah, I heard that one's like a kind of controversial, like ballot too. Exactly because of what you were saying, the, the whole breaks thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
But, um, yeah, it's, like, a lot of also what No One Aid is saying is, like, oh, my God, this is, like, a ploy of SCIU to try to unionize dialysis workers. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, I mean, it's, like, it is a growing uh, industry that is not unionized. And when you think of, like, all the workers that are here and all the money that's being made, like, there is a lot of, like, bad understaffing. Like, they'll have, like, one tech, from what I've heard, like, one tech for, like, eight people. And it's, like, if you know about dialysis, like, it's really intense and people sometimes, like... Also, dialysis is high-key a scam, too. Yeah. Because John Oliver made a really good story about dialysis centers, how it's actually doctors always recommend getting, like, a transplant over fucking getting dialysis, like, way more. And it's just more expensive in the long term to have dialysis than to actually, like, get a kidney transplant. Yeah. Or there's a, I think there also might be a higher initial cost for a kidney transplant, mm -hmm. which is a big reason why people kind of stay on dialysis. So it's a lot having to do with like poverty and access to like organs yeah. and medical procedures as well. That like Davida just like found a way to fucking profit off of like poverty. And like because it's so many people and it's very understaffed, like they don't clean the stuff well and then people have a lot of infections. Okay, so yeah, so because of that, I think it's important for for us to vote yes on eight. So vote for the patients, vote for regulation, of course, against this like really like profitable company. So the other proposition that we really wanted to talk about, um, thinking of also the Valsal, yeah. I, I think I'm going to do an episode on this to try to get people to vote and vote yes. Um, so Proposition 10 is uh, known as the... Costa, it's the repealing the Costa Hawkins Act. Okay, so the Costa Hawkins Act was something that was passed. It was it's a California state law that was passed in 1995. So it places limits on rent control, like on cities doing their own rent control ordinances. So it prohibits, um, like the uh, like putting rent control over like single family dwellings, condos, and newly constructed apartment buildings right so if you know rent control in la it's any any property with at least two or more units if it was built before 1978 you have rent control so there's that three percent can't raise it more than three percent if they're gonna evict you just cause reason blah 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 so a lot of because it's so expensive to live in california people are like why isn't there rent control here why isn't there rent control in my city or my town it's because of the cost of hawkins act so um, it limits it limits on that, um, and also uh, it prohibits vacancy control. So in New York, let's say you have your apartment um, at like nine hundred dollars when you came in, right? Like this apartment, for example, if it's rent controlled at thirteen hundred dollars, and I leave, the landlord says, okay, now there's no uh, there's no control here because I left. Now they can raise it up to 2300 And then the next person that comes in has rent control based off of 2300 and so forth, right? So vacancy control is pretty much that. So um, I think in New York they had that where if someone moved in and it was 900 then that's, that's the rent control for that. So if you do the 3%, the 3%, 3%, and that person moves out, the next person comes in pays the same amount you paid. 3%, 3%, 3%. You get me? Yeah. So that's that's that. So if we can get rid of the Costa-Hawkins Act, we can bring rent control to our cities, our 
our towns, all that. And we can also um, get that vacancy control too. Um, it's just the first step. All it is is saying is that, hey, all you cities are allowed to do, to establish rent control if you want. So just making sure that that's that. Yeah, it's not like after this vote saying you're gonna have rent control in your city. It, it's literally just like giving cities the opportunity to make the decisions themselves, which I don't know, which I find very interesting. Like, it's like you're not even giving the cities the chance to try it. No, it's not good. I think it's this proposition is so important. To me, it's the most important one on the ballot because, you know, we're always saying how expensive it is to live in California. And if you think about it, with all these new constructions of these new buildings, like right here on 8th and Harvard, they tore down at least 40, yes. at least 40 units. And it's going to be brand new buildings. And there, a lot of, like, working-class people live there. So with this pre-1978 rent control thing, we're getting less and less and less housing that is pre-1978 because of all the construction happening. Yeah. So with repealing the Costa-Hawkins Act, we could move that pre-1978 to at least 1995. Or a readjusting one, like, every for the last 30 years. So every time there's a new year, there's, like, a new housing stock that yes. becomes... Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, because, like, what you're saying is so true. Once a property gets bought up entirely or gets sold, like, we have a literal dwindling amount of rent-controlled units, yeah. and it's only going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. There's, it, there's no way of it ever increasing. So Sam was asking, um, it, you know, you had your person, you had your client in Hawthorne and Torrance. They had their rent raised X amount, a large amount, given a 60-day notice, and they were told, if you can't pay, well, you can leave. Um, so your question was, will will this make a difference if we pass Prop Ten, yes. and will there be more of an initiative to create rent control in those in those cities? And the answer is yes. So as of right now, Costa Hawkins says you all can't pass any sort of pretty much tenant protections in your cities. Yes. State law. So state law says if you want to get rid of someone, all you have to do is give them a sixty day notice. Hey. El, el viento voló hacia allá. So I feel like giving you a 60-day notice here. And legally, that's you can do that. That's in places where there's no rent control, like Hawthorne and Torrance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it sucks because you could be disabled. You could be an elder. You could be, like, a cancer patient. All this stuff that's going on with you. And it's like, sorry, too bad, 60-day notice. That's what state law says. Mm -hmm. So this, once uh, Prop 10 is passed... Uh, cities like Hawthorne, Torrance can come together, organize, and say, hey, now that Costa Hawkins is gone, we want to organize and we want this. Because I think it's hard to organize for rent control when it's you have the saw that says, nope, you can't. Immediately, yeah. Just, that's a, just a no. Yeah. So this just makes it, again, it makes it so local cities can enact their own rent control to however they want. Um, rent control looks different. I want to be clear that it looks different in every city. Mm -hmm. So did you know in West Hollywood, um, okay, so in, in the city of LA, where our rent control states that it's, what is it, um, functionality over aesthetics. So something could be really old, like your carpet could be really old and stinky, but it works. So you're not required to replace it. In West Hollywood, they say every seven years, the landlord has to replace the carpet. Mm. Yeah, so they passed their rent control before Costa Hawkins came in. You get me? 
Because Costa Hawkins was was in, it became a, yeah. a state law in 1995. Yeah. All of these 1978, you know, pre-1978 happened, happened 1978. Yeah. Yeah. The date that it, it happened, like that it passed was like, okay, and from today and before, everything's rent controlled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how that came about. So New York has its own one. In New York, again, they have yeah. that control. So it's it just looks different everywhere. There are some places that have rent control, but they have only just cause reasons or they have only like I don't think actually they just have the just cause reasons. I don't know of one place that has like a percentage like you can only raise it a certain percent but not have yeah. just causes. Like there's some places that just have a just cause, but they can still raise your rent 10%, 20%, you get me? Yeah, whatever they want. So, so it's like there's very limited uh, rent protection in like a lot of cities and it's like a lot of cities aren't even able to like add certain laws to protect people on yes. certain things. And yeah, so because of that, Costa Hawkins is like very risk, ris- like there's a lot of restrictions for Costa yes. Hawkins. And then it's like really interesting that's like single family dwellings versus there are almost entire cities that are single family dwellings. Mm-hmm. So, like, I live in a, I, I live in a city that is, like, almost entirely single-family dwellings or, like, duplexes. So, or converted garages, like, accessory, accessory, oh, my God, accessory dwelling units. And so, that's, that's why this is something that's really important to me, not only for establishing rent control, but it's, like, thinking about, like, single-family units and, like, in cities that do not feel like they need to update their building code or anything like that like this is also a lot of motivations for cities to really think about like what type of construction is going on in the city and that's like a, a big reason why people don't also want this to come through because they're thinking that enacting uh, rent control anywhere even though this doesn't actually do that this just gives cities an option uh, they they're saying like oh there's gonna be a stall like in in building units because affordability is all not only about like raising rent it's about like availability of units because we have a shortage of homes that's a big reason why rent is high so there, there's just an interesting like back and forth as to why Costa Hawkins is good why Costa uh, Hawkins is bad blah, 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 blah. or why yes on 10 or why no on 10 so I'm wondering if you can go into why people are saying no because that's kind of what i've heard on the other side yeah so on no uh just to also let's go into the numbers so no on 10 has raised 55 million and yes on 10 has raised 19 million Mm -hmm. so no on 10 obviously has has raised more money it's mostly the california apartment associations rental housing associations the association of realtors so these people who flip houses, these people who are benefiting from gentrification are the main culprits in, in No on 10. Um, and trash-ass Gavin Newsom is also is also No on 10, mm. right? I was like, trash. Um, you have the Chamber of Commerce that's against No on 10, uh, that's on No on 10. And, like, they just keep saying, like, that they're, it's just this is going to raise rent. It's going to raise rent prices. Uh, it's going to just make this whole housing market even worse but they're not really precise on what that means like what does costa hawkins have anything to do with that um but i think maybe what they might be referring to um so in 1978 when rent control passed i think right before it passed uh people like landlords were like oh shit rent control's happening let me raise the rent on everyone Mm -hmm. before this thing comes in so they're probably referring to that 
but they're not explaining the full picture. They're just like, oh, when rent control passed in 78, all the rise, all the, you know, the, the rent <laughs> rises, it rose. So, oh my God, let's not make that happen again, you know? Yeah. And again, these are people with money. These are people who are just trying to convolute and change they're trying, up. They're trying to scare people because there's already been like reports of people who have landlords who are already starting to raise their rent because they're not rent controlled being like, if you vote, if we vote this in, like, I'm just doing this just in case because then I'm not going to be able to raise your rent anymore. So there's already, like, retaliation towards even just, like, the possibility of rent control being allowed to be voted on. Not even for rent control to happen. It's like, no, just even talk about it. So Los Angeles has the highest rate of renters of any major city in the United States, and we have the the littlest amount of renters rights like home ownership in california and if you read into the cal uh, the history of california especially in la like home ownership has been something that has been some super prioritized like homeowners are really really incentivized really protected in the state of california uh that's why uh, our property taxes are all super low and that's why our schools suck in california because homeowners have a lot of power in california versus other states that's a big reason why we have a housing crisis because single family like uh dwellers or housing owners and all that type of stuff like they want to keep their homes versus in like new york or on the east coast where like apartments and all that kind of stuff that was just kind of how it was filled first and then homes came in later single family homes so that's why it's pretty interesting like why our city even has these problems it's because of a culture that we don't want like where we prioritize homeowners versus renters we're all voting yes on 10 you know it's really important because we do want more housing to be available for folks especially rent controlled housing however they want to enact rent control laws um so yeah the people who are yes on 10 are also it's odd the uh, aids healthcare foundation and the alliance of californians for community empowerment so I remember the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. It's super random, but those are the LA Tenants folks. Like LA Tenants Union is mainly run by the, or like their money comes from the dudes. The, the guy. AIDS Health Foundation? Yeah. Yeah, he has a really interesting history. So a podcast that goes really, really into it, uh, Prop 10, Just Prop 10, uh, is the LA podcast because they have hosts that are advocating for it and they're super into like public uh, infrastructure, renters rights, the uh, California uh, housing crisis. There's also another one called Gimme Shelter and it's the California housing crisis podcast that also just goes really into a lot of housing law. And I mean, you, I don't know, I'm sure people think shit like this is dry, but like I find it very interesting, especially like I want to invest in where I live. I also want to fucking be able to live in LA. I want to live in California. Maybe become a homeowner too. Like, that's my opinion. So, yeah. Yes on 10. (laughs) Yes on 10. So, yes on 10, yes on 8, no on 6, and yes on 2. Yes. Yes. So to conclude, we'll, we'll put we should put a thing like if you want to skip in our notes, <laughs> we'll have our notes and our sources yes. in the show notes of this episode. So keep that. We'll also keep our contact information from our podcast and Gata's podcast, Las Basureras, and ours, Puchica Voz. So yeah, I mean everything that we refer to will be in the underneath of this episode. How to register to vote, all those links for that as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. 
So we'll see y'all next time. Yeah, be sure to vote. Be sure to vote. Be sure to register to vote. Other states have uh, your vote. Your vote might count more than other people's, which is a sad reality. Yeah. But that's what it is. Sure. So if you have that privilege, because it yeah. is a privilege, please enact and like please act on it. So yeah. have a good week. Yeah. Deuces. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.